Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. Hello, sports fans. I'm Chris Hoyt, CXR president, and today's quarterback for the next 15 minutes as we kick off this segment of the Career Crossroads podcast. If you haven't listened, watched, or been part of our expertise program before, you're in for a treat today. I'm connecting with an industry leader almost every week to talk about one thing they'd like you to know, one thing they wish their younger self knew, one victory, one defeat, or life lesson learned, and that's ideally beneficial for you in your career. Now, if you've managed to get to the stadium live, you can jump in with a question of your own, and if we can, we'll try to answer it. But don't worry if we run out of time on the clock because you'll find it posted in the free and public forums we host over at cxr.org slash talent talks. As you probably already know, these topics were gleaned from a list built around the results of our CXR 2021 Talent Acquisitions Priorities Research, where hundreds of verified TA leaders and practitioners weighed in on what was important to them this year. That report is free to anybody that would like to give the results a look and can be found within the research and report section at cxr.org. So, Let's get this game started. Joining me today is Glenn Guttmacher. Glenn, how are you? Hey. <laughs> All right. Hey, it's good to see you. <laughs> Tell us a little bit. I love you, Glenn. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Glenn. Who are you? What do you do? Where are you working? Where are you going? What's going on with you? Sure. Well, I've been doing talent sourcing for over 20 years now and just wrapped up a five and a half year stint at uh, State Street, a large global bank running their global sourcing function with a focus on diversity. And five years previous to that was running something similar for a tech firm. And so i um, looking for my next gig, actually. Ah, OK. Well, hopefully we can get the word out there that you're ready to move. I, fun trivia Fun Glenn trivia fact, a lot of people don't know this. You were actually, in a previous life, uh, a contributor to, a participant of, uh, a series, a book series that CXR had put out, yes? Yeah, I actually created the job board for a newspaper chain here in New England back in the late 90s. And so Jerry heard about it, and uh, that job board, called Job Smart at the time, ended up being in the book. Nice. <laughs> That's your fun trivia for the day. Sorry, listeners. So look, Glenn, you and I recently did a workshop on building out uh, diverse candidate slates, right? And it, we know that that's kind of been a topic uh, within our space, but just share, share with the listeners your perspective of why that was an important topic for us to cover. Sure. Well, I mean, diversity is often discussed in the context of doing the right thing, which is great. And that's ideally how we should look at it. But in practice, particularly in a traditional corporate workplace, we need to press other levers if we want to make change happen. And diverse candidate interview slates is one of those known to have an impact. Yeah. So what would you say, given that we spent two hours uh, with quite a few companies, and you've done quite a bit of research of this on your own. That's why we invited you in, actually, to, to help with the workshop. What would you say leading companies, in your opinion, are doing well with diverse candidate slates, or maybe even with just setting up, uh, say, diverse interview panels? Sure. Well, I think they have uh, some carrots and sticks, uh, both working as incentives. So you want to make sure that every requisition requires at least two diverse candidates be hiring team interviewed in order to make an offer. So you can't really proceed unless they've done 
proper consideration of qualified diverse candidates. Uh, the other piece I think is having some incentives around, uh, or maybe it's a disincentive that if you don't hit your diverse slate numbers as well as your diverse higher numbers, then executives do not qualify for their full annual bonus. Okay, this, all right, this makes me crazy because we hear, I think you and I talked about this before too. We hear an awful lot about organizations that are saying diversity matters to us, right? The people are our most important asset. We're investing in all of this, but how many organizations have you actually connected with where the senior leaders, the C-suite even, have some level of fiscal accountability to diverse hiring? Well, we know about two thirds of the members of things like uh, the Working Mother Annual Contest, uh, you know, where they're ranking best diverse companies. They have diverse interview slates built in. It's, I think I would say for most large companies that's baked in already, uh, which is good, but you're right. The financial teeth part of it is still relatively rare. Uh, I'm happy to say at my prior employer, we had it uh, and, and still have it. And I think it, it is important when you have those quarterly meetings, usually it's your CEO and your chief diversity officer sitting down with each of those business unit heads to go over the numbers and why you made it or why you didn't make it. And that shows it's serious. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I also think one of the things that was an outcome of some of the conversations we had were not so much about making sure there was a diverse uh, slate as much as there was also a diverse interview panel. Yeah, we, sorry, I didn't mention that. So I think that is important as well, right? Because if you only have white males conducting the interviews, then it's easy for the unconscious bias to creep into that process. And you find that great, otherwise great diverse candidates are getting knocked out for reasons like culture fit or other euphemisms for things that frankly are not pertinent to the skills needed to succeed in the job. So companies that are interviewing, particularly at those high levels where it may be difficult to find a diverse peer to be part of that interview panel, mm -hmm. don't let that stop you. If you need to go down a level in the organization to find that diverse representative for the panel, fine. Or, or two levels or three levels. Yeah. Yeah. So good. There was a um, there was an HBR research bit that you shared uh, in our workshop, and we'll we'll put the link out with the podcast when we post it. But it talked about I think what factors tend to lead to diversity recruiting uh, and retention efforts, either succeeding or failing, right? If I'm remembering that right. So do you, yeah. do you have a um, would you have a, a top highlight from that report that you'd want to share? Sort of one thing, one big takeaway of somebody the abridged version, if they weren't going to read that big, scary HBR report? Yeah, I think the key is to have your white managers involved, just interacting more with diverse candidates and diverse employees. It's simply the exposure time that helps them see past those initial biases. So whether it's sending them on college recruiting trips to the HBCUs and the HSI schools, or it's being part of executive mentoring programs where they're purposely assigned to diverse mentees, that kind of exposure is going to be great for them. Yeah. And I'm really curious. Uh, and as you know, and again, I've spent some time with you the last couple of weeks. We already talked a little bit about this. One of the biggest impacts to um, diversity from during the pandemic was the impact of 
that the pandemic had on college recruiting and the inability for people to just go stand in you know stadiums uh, at their their top pick schools right their super schools uh, and the result was you know they had to broaden the scope of the schools the organizations that they went to and the result coming back from that was a much more diverse internship right a much more uh, internship body that came in I, in your opinion uh, do you see the pandemic sort of uh, and as we start to come out of it sh any shift there sort of the same way from a diversity recruiting standpoint I mean, where we were already focusing on historic colleges, or we're already focusing on these particular resource groups. Do you do you do you have you seen anything from um, from a pandemic standpoint that's also going to shift in that direction? Well, I'm sure that the kinds of webinar invitational events that we've started to see will continue. Right? They're frankly very cost effective. If they're done well, you probably can reach even more students than you would physically going to a campus in some cases. Uh, the other virtual piece I would hope that companies take more advantage of are these um, things like coding contests where you can offer an incentive to uh, students and market it as something that is geared to uh, reaching a diverse talent pool. And then you're not necessarily even limited to the HBCUs and the HSI schools. You could be putting that out in a viral way to every campus because I think some people don't even realize, you know, there are actually more black computer science majors at the University of Michigan than the HBCUs. So why would you want to limit yourself just to a certain subset of schools? Yeah, we got to think differently. Glenn, uh, I want to thank you for your time. If somebody wants to reach out to you, they want to find you, where, where do they go to look for you? Uh, if they can't find my unique name on LinkedIn, that's pretty sad. Uh, <laughs> but you can... You They're trying also... to hire the sorcerer. They're not the sorcerer, Glenn. <laughs> All right. So if you don't Google my name, then I guess the next best thing would be to go to my website, which is recruiting-online.com. That's recruiting-online.com. Awesome. Thanks, Glenn. Uh, look here, sports fans. Next week, I hope you'll join us when we connect with Eve Lewis, who is the Global Inclusive Recruiting Director at Uber. She's going to actually talk to us about how Uber is using the Mansfield Rule to guide uh, diversity recruiting and retention efforts. So data driving decisions around equity and hiring, you can just shut up and take all my attention. So uh, also don't forget to subscribe to the video cast anywhere you listen uh, to your other favorites. And to do that, we've made it really simple by sharing those easy subscribe buttons, as well as a vast library of previous episodes at cxr.works slash podcasts. So until then, we'll see you in the always active talent community forums over at cxr.works. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads and on Instagram at career X roads. We'll catch you next time.